All right, welcome uh, back to the Sales Lab, the Hawks Podcast. We're I'm stoked today. We got Ben Care here with us, and and Ben spoke to us back in September, like pal. That was a little bit of a different setting, if you remember. Ah, never forget it. We're on the beach, baby. I uh, I know it was unreal at night. It was a little windy, but Ben dropped some nuggets, and so I'm stoked to have him on the podcast. And, and I think we just kind of dive right in, Ben. You're cool with it. I'm totally cool with it. So Ben, kind of fill us in on your story. I mean, you've got a special story when you talk to us at, at Lake Powell, but we kind of want to dive into it again. And it hit me at the soul. And so I'm stoked to have you here. But Ben, kind of tell us about your story and and kind of where you're at now. Well, where I'm at now is I'm wearing the hat. That's why I'm right now. Yeah, sure. Let's go, Ben. Yeah, I'm wearing the hat now. Brought that Hawks hat. I got the hot set. Uh, where I'm at now is I'm focusing on... Um, every year is different for me in the sense of where I focus. And last year was significant. So we made some very significant moves. We started a, we started a documentary, which is going to be a legacy play for me. And, uh, that will come out later this year. This year it's, um, so every year I, I, I do something different. I go by a word and this year my word is intentional. Okay. And I'm super specific on what I do. And I say no a lot. I used to be a yes man. I used to be a yes man, people pleaser. No, I love, love, love people. I'm striving to be so much more intentional. And with that, you say no a lot. Because I've learned, so I'm 40 years old, and I feel like I'm just barely starting life. But I literally feel like I'm a rookie. I almost want to ask you what the trick is. Uh, keep going. Uh, turn 40. That's <laughs> the trick. <laughs> I literally feel like I'm a rookie because I feel like, oh my gosh, I got a little bit of a track record behind me. I've learned pros and cons. I've, I've learned yeses and nos. I've learned victor. I've learned victim. And now like I have a foundation of a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of wisdom, and I'm like off to the races now. With that being said, I've understood every time I said yes, it takes place of another option. And so when you're out there, imagine if you just have a certain amount of boxes that you can check a yes to. Let's say it's five in a day. You would be pretty careful at how many times you said yes. Because every yes you say is a no to something else. And if you're saying yeses to everybody and you're never saying yeses to you or your kids or your family or your loved ones or your church or your business or whatever that is, then you're going to be out of harmony pretty quick. Now, do I think, do I think everyone says like, all right, how do I stay balanced? I don't think balance is possible. When you're psychotically obsessed. And if you want to be the, be the best, you want to be the best. Not the best in the neighborhood. Not the best in the block. Not the best, best. in the state. Not the best in the country. How do you be like the book Good to Great talks about the best in the world about something you're passionate about? You become psychotic, psychotically obsessed. And to do that, you better be pretty intentional you need to be intentional and selective 
right? Gosh. I mean, I think it's seasons, right? Mm. There's seasons to be obsessed and psychotic about one thing. And that's where you're, you're checking your boxes in certain aspects, whether that's your craft, there is certain seasons to be selected with your family mm. and, and your wife, right? Really? So I love that. I love that word. I think that, I mean, that, that word intentional goes right into become. Like, you know, our theme this year is to become, is to become better in wealth, wellness, and character. I think over the last years, you've said that you're just starting life now and you've been able to become better in those three aspects over the last decade or last while. Kind of fill us in. I mean, when you hear become better, when you hear that word become, what does that mean to you? I mean, let's look back into your past and experiences that you had, lessons you've learned. What does that mean to you? Because of progress and word to me, meaning there's room for failure. And if you don't put failure in the mix, bro, you ain't moving forward. There is, there is tests, literally tests given out where the two biggest fears of mankind is fear of failure and fear of not being enough. And if you don't feel like that's in everybody else's DNA, you're mistaken. It is, how much do we play into it though? But literally, how much do we play into it? I think, and I know that becoming is facing, for me, it's facing fear and getting really familiar with it. And to get so familiar with fear that you're like used to not just confronting it, but like being homies with it. Like being homies with your fear, dude. Like literally, like cuddling with that thing, because you know it so well. The problem is when someone doesn't know fear. Good luck becoming, baby. You ain't becoming. I'll tell you that much. You ain't becoming. You're still in the path coming if you. When we start cuddling with our fears, you know what's interesting. I think I've said this before. I think we allow fear to be undefeated. What do you what do you, what do you mean by that? So this I I, I kind of get what you're saying. So walk me through that. We allow fear to be undefeated. Fear shows itself up, and we're just like, he's undefeated. Let's not try. But let's not go on that court, baby. Let's go the other direction. Let us go the other direction. Let's not even be the demon against Goliath. No matter what type of armor we have or whatever, slingshot, there is nothing. Let's allow it to be without effort. Without an effort, so let's bless you. How do we do this? There was a moment in time, for a long time, that I used to think that my opponents in wrestling were like not human. And I would set them up to be like God's gift. And we have it in every industry. In the industry, the door-to-door, the people with the golden door handles or golden door or whatever you call it, they're like God's gift, bro. Like they may be hiding their wings because they're angels. There's something different about them. But until we realize they're human, do things change? I remember for me, the way I made it change was before my matches, I would literally go up and like shake my opponent's hand. Feel he's human? I wonder literally, it sounds kind of weird. 
I wanted to feel that he was human. I wanted to feel in his hand that he had bone. I wanted to give him a hug and so I could feel his heartbeat and I could hear him breathe. Conor McGregor always used to say, UFC, if you know him, he always said, if he breathes, I fear no man. I love that. It's no different. When we understand that the difference between us and the so-called undefeated, God's gifts, God's angels, which are really just men who cuddle with fear, embrace fear, no fear, not just face fear, but communicate with fear. That's different. Because then it's a daily, daily showing up. It's a daily becoming with fear. And when you do it, and when I haven't done that in my life, you don't feel. And then when you don't feel, when you're literally not feeling in life, you only progress and that's the danger. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think it's like, especially in our industry and door to door, what people think the the difference is between the top 1%, the top performers, the golden doors, and then the average reps is they're just so much better at their craft. They think they're just so much more talented, but in reality, it's they're doing the daily fears as to what you're saying, but they do the daily things on the mental reps on the daily to get them to their goal. They're the ones that have the most dog and the most fight in them, that they're willing to set the high goal and then do the small things that's needed to get there. So it's interesting. I haven't thought of it that way of conquering your fears daily and becoming homies with it. And I like that. I mean, walk me through your past, Ben. I mean, like what, what things have you done? I mean, you have that mindset now. You, you have that foresight through your experiences to see past the fear and cuddle with it. I mean, what, take me back years ago when you were going through trials. I mean, how were you able to do concrete, maybe one to two things to become better in that, those aspects? Yeah. I love that. I would go to the things that I did the most off of the BPME as I showed up. I call my I call my A's the three A's as I arrived. Some people just don't arrive. And we literally lose the dreams in the planning state in the in the planning stage. Okay, I'm gonna arrive at the gym or to go here, but wait. What about this? What about the snow? Or what about, oh my gosh, what about, I don't have gas in the car. Oh my gosh, what about, I don't have the, oh, what about, oh, did we lose it? If we just arrived, number one. And then we attempt. I used to hate that word attempt because it sounds like try. Yeah. Until I changed my perspective behind it. I attempt that when I arrive, let's say in the gym, for example, in a physical setting, I attempt to break myself. Yesterday I worked out in the morning. Attempted a thousand reps. A thousand reps. I attempt to do something and get to a place that I've never been before. Right? And that's becoming. Becoming was doing something different a little bit every time. Not just the same. Not just the same. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So I arrive. I attempt. I too. And I also changed it because I also thought, oh man, like that, because I had a fear, a little bit of fear of failure. Like, oh man, I, if, I, I don't want to attempt because then I'll fail. But I changed the perspective, which allowed me to like fail more easily. 
if I can attempt to break myself, then I'll literally strive to break myself all the time and I will gain new bandwidth of strength and focus. And then lastly, as I do with attitude, I do with a swagger, I do with the flex and me being me. And so I arrive, I tilt, and I do it with attitude. I do it with a, a persistence. I do it with a purpose of getting something. And then what is that something? Well, that's where our goals come into check. Our goals come into check every time. And, and there's no, there's, there's a track record of clues of real people who achieve real things, right? To win the world championship. You could literally go in the mirror in my bathroom right now and I still have the markers on my mirror that says world champion. And if you could take that back, it was way before October, way before it happened in Breeds. It became months and months and months before. You go in the locker at UVU wrestling room, you open my locker, you can date that ink back to way before it happened, right? And so when we arrive, when we attempt, and we do with attitude, just realize overnight success and it real. There's no such thing. I mean, I think people look at your world championship, look at your success in Greece, and they're like, man, wow, Ben is just awesome. And they, they think that you love the product. But in reality, just listening to what you're saying, you love the process. I mean, this process started way back before you even went to Greece. Yeah. But I think that's the difference in like, a, like the top percenters in, in wrestling or in sports or in door-to-door and professionals and entrepreneurs is people think that they're obsessed with the product, the what the result that happened. But in reality, it's the process. They love the process. And, and I love that's what you're saying, that you visualized your world championship years and months and months before it actually you stepped foot onto that mat that night. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that. I love the three A's. I mean, I think that's, that plays a big role if, if into our industry. And I, I actually like that the definition of attempt, because at first when I hear attempt, I'm like, ah, you're, you're falling short. Mm. Right. But in reality, it's like you can attempt something big. If you're trying to do a thousand reps and you do 900 when the week before you did 500, your bandwidth just got bigger. Mm. And so I, I love that definition. I love that. And and I think I, I have another follow-up question. Can, can I stop you real yeah. quick? Let's take it right to your right to your industry. Can we do that? Yeah. So every single person around the world, because this will be international people over borders, you'll hear this. And I can translate in Spanish from Dolman to college you people in Latin America. Vamos a la This is the thing. Every day, imagine if it was this. You get up and you get to the doors, number one. On the time you said you would, number one, period. You're right. You hit the A. Here is where attempt is so magical. You attempt to break what you've ever broken before. It's actually part of the plan. Not just show up. But you literally are attempting to break a record every day. And to actually break yourself to where you push your limits every day. And then lastly, dude, if you do that with attitude, if you do that with swagger and you're not fading throughout the day, you take the necessary breaks, but you're good. Absolutely. 
but you absolutely hit it with the swagger. So once that door opens up and you get your shot, the people are so bewildered by the amount of confidence you have, they literally just want to talk with you. Not, not MAC is like, ah, dude, you don't know anything about my industry, right? It's literally whatever the product you sell is secondary. You're showing up with such light, such power, such influence. They're like, why? And it changes. I mean, it's literally what I call a story war. It's a story war. Bro, you and I make some killer cheeseburgers. I bet you come over to my house, I go over to your house, you throw those on the trailer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll never make, I'll never eat McDonald's again. But yet they sell billions of dollars worth of crumb. Dude, they sell consistency. They sell a happy meal. They sell something that's like done every day. They arrive every day. And they attempt every day to freaking break, uh, to break whatever that is for them. And they do with attitude. They know exactly what it takes to get what is done, right? And if they don't, you see, you see them slide. So for us in that industry, in the door-to-door -door industry, in that space, people arrive at Hawks or wherever with that. That's, that's not just becoming, that's becoming, man. We became, we did it. Next. And I like that because it's kind of funny. It comes back to like the top industry, like the top one, the one percentage of the golden doors, they are attempting. And then, but my favorite is the, the attitude. I mean, there's a difference between having confidence and cocky. I mean, I think attitude is having that confidence that when you talk to someone, whether it's on the door or recruiting or anything like that, that you are bringing a, a superior product. You are a top, you are bringing something worth value and I like that. I mean, I'm guessing when, before you started your wrestling match, you probably had that attitude, that confidence that you were going to crush the dude's face before you even met him. That's not being cocky. It's having that confidence in your success. Yeah. And it, and it comes down to intention. Cockiness is the re cockiness comes because the intention of the intention, like you want the attention, but when you're just literally stating facts, and you're actually getting things done, that's like, look at Conor McGregor, dude. That's why he called himself Mystical Neck. He was magical. He was mystical. He was calling things out. But you also see where that changed along the way. You follow me? Yeah. You also see where money came into play, huh. and it changed, and he kept trying to be the Mystical Neck. And he was see what people say it all the time. He's sleeping on the simply silky bed sheets, and the hunger changed. All of a sudden, you've got three hundred million in the bank. You're, you're not as hungry as when his first couple fights. I remember he made fifty or sixty grand his first fight, and he was a little bit hungry and had that a little bit different of a chip on his shoulder because he was becoming. Mm. He hadn't arrived yet. Then yeah. I love that comparison. Ben, I, I, we're getting some good nuggets. I, I kind of want to dive in a little bit deeper on this meaning of become. And so us as a company this year, we want to become better in wealth, wellness, and character. There's a variety of definitions in that. But I want to ask you and in, in who you are now to who you used to be. Why is that important? 
I mean, when you think about nowadays in 2024, how social media is such a big thing and, and superficialness is such a big thing, you think of why is a company like us, door-to-door company, wanting to focus on become on those three wigs? Why is that important? Or is it important? I mean, I want to get your two cents on that. Yeah. When I, any company, I'll say this for any company, when a company accomplishes this, everything changes. Interesting. When, when people come in door-to-door sales and whatever's behind that is the illusion the money's the illusion, the is the illusion, the swagger is the illusion, the brotherhood is the illusion. And the true reason why these people are coming is to become an incredible human being. Game over. Game over. Doors being the illusion. Solar being the illusion. Pest control being the illusion. Security being the illusion. Everyone thinks they're coming to knock on doors and to sell product. Once that's the actual illusion and the whole intention to get them into door is to raise an incredible human being. If everything goes towards that, oh my gosh, then you create an incredibly fulfilled and happily, a happy individual. And once they're fulfilled and happy, they will never not want that. Though they may think they can get it elsewhere because they have what they have. And they're like, oh yeah. They will realize that things aren't built the same because people get stuck on what's in front of them, the illusion. And the illusion is the the sexy, attractive thing. It's the money, it's the cars, and that's what they think they want. And I think why Hawks, we're trying to make this a theme because at the end of the day, most guys that come to Hawks, they're not going to sign up for door-to-door to be a career, right? Be a door-to-door lifer. We're a vehicle to help them achieve their goals. And we said this from day one. I know we have this from the leadership, but if we can, guys can come to Hawks, we can help them become better in those three aspects of life helping you become more rounded individual. But then in the byproduct of that, like you said, is the success, is the, the, the superficial things, the money, the cars and all that. But then they're able to leave and go into their career and be a better father, be a better husband, serve better in their community. I mean, that, that's our overall goal. And, and that's why I think we're putting a big focus on that this year because we want guys to see that in the byproduct is guys will be attracted to it. And so... I love that you say, I love that you recognize it because we're, we're on the same wavelength there. Yeah. What if you created something though, just in the industry in general, what if you can create something that actually allowed people to want to stay for life? That's the goal, right? In every industry, whether it's the iPhone, they want you for life. Oh, they, why they have me for a Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> They're thinking about everything. They're thinking about making cars now. It's like, we want everything. Right? And uh, lack jobs, I mean, they want you in every way. But it's also because the experience that they came to you and you want to be a part of because 
the experience that they give you on their interface be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere else. But if there was in any industry, whether it's door to door or whatever, what if you could create something so unique that they couldn't get the becoming, whatever the illusion is, again, whatever the illusion was, whether it's knocking doors, whether it's being a manager, a leader, whether it's Anthony phones, it doesn't matter. No matter the product, what if they knew they could not get any more human growth, internal growth, not anymore, but the same internal growth of speed, progressing in spiritual, mental, physical, everything that you provide. Then they're like, I can't not have this. It's the best joke I've ever had. <laughs> right? It's true. Like how, that's, that's a magic when that illusion created, when, when you create that. And I think that's a thing that we're all becoming. But here's the thing. When I was reading the, good, uh, the book, Good to Great, it asked three questions that I really took out of it. Um, along with it talking about leaders, which is a whole nother conversation, but it said leaders, some of the best top level leaders are vulnerable. And they weren't uh, in the book. It talks about how these, some of these leaders aren't the most outgoing, but that some of them were like, actually like awkward and like, um, and, and I was like kind of surprised because you see the Tony Robbins, you see some of these leaders that are so good with people, so dynamic. This, it says some of the best leaders in our studies, most of the best leaders were people that were vulnerable. And with that vulnerability allowed connectivity because then people didn't feel like they're a robot. They're like, yeah, exactly. They, they could come to them. They could connect, but I love that. I think that's where accountability comes in. When you're vulnerable, you're willing to learn, right? You're willing to better yourself. You're willing to do what it takes for that next step. And accountability plays a big part of that. Mm -hmm. I love, I, one of a, a good friend of mine, Johnny, he, he, he always says this quote and always sticks out to me. He said, look for opportunities of vulnerability via accountability. Mm -hmm. And so I think that goes right into what you're saying with those, some of those top leaders, they're so dynamic and so successful, but they are very vulnerable. They're willing to do the small things. What do you mean ability? Give me that definition of vulnerability to accountability. Cause that can be pulled in there. two points. I think it, when we first feel accountability, the, the basic definition is, oh, I have to like, tell you where I'm falling short, right? Mm. Or be accountable to you. Right. But I think it's, I think that plays a role. I think we do need to find someone to hold us accountable. But I think the hardest thing, especially for me in my past is being accountable to myself. Mm. Looking into the mirror, looking to where I fell short and looking at those and not as a, a bad thing or a setback, but actually understanding those things that I felt short of and I was accountable, recognizing them to move forward. My, one of my favorite quotes that I've really learned by you, you've heard that quote of, we learn from our experiences. Love that. That's actually crap though. Think about mm. it. Have you ever made a mistake twice? What about three times? Oh, absolutely. What about four times? Absolutely. So what we learn from, we, we learn from reflecting on our experiences. Love that. And because that's reflecting is accountability. When I go on and make a mistake and you think on it, 
you journal it, you recognize it. Chances are, hopefully, you don't make that mistake again. And that's where you learn. That's where you grow. And so to answer your question on accountability, I think it's a lot of, we got to have our friends and family, our mentors keep us accountable, but it's keeping ourselves accountable, looking in the mirror and then willing to make those next steps to change. Yeah. I love that. I love accountability when someone's being vulnerable too. I think it, I, I think as I was reading that book, I'm like, when is it hard to be vulnerable? I think it's often hard for me to be vulnerable when I tell someone in a vulnerable state. And I've done this. I've been on the very bad side of this. I've been on the very bad side of this. Let's say you're telling me a vulnerable moment and you finally, finally open yourself up and you hadn't been before. Uh -huh. And I have a moment in your vulnerable state to do two things. To prop myself up as better than or to completely come, maybe not even come down, but come across the table and take that moment to share in that movement. And I have been so many times where like the vulnerable side on the other side of me is, and I'm like, shaking. This is my opportunity to look better than them. <laughs> right? Because they're like vulnerable and they're just like a schmuck. And yes, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have went partying. You're right. I was home not doing that. I just shut Right? And have been in that position. It does nothing for me. There's an accountability when somebody is vulnerable in taking that mask off and showing the real them. That's the real flex. There's accountability from the other side of the table where I believe you get to also take the mask off. And when there's an invite to be like, would you care? If we put our if we put our ammo and guns down on the table, and then one person gets the white flag out and says, "I'm going to surrender to the battle of life for right now to combat," it's it's our accountability, it's our opportunity to do the same, and then join. And I've had the deepest of discussions. When I've also shared a time where I was vulnerable and then you rise together because you know what? The reason why a lot of people don't open up, especially men, is because they feel like nobody else on your state. And it, and it's the nature of man to, to become better and to put yourself on that pedestal. And so I, I love that because I think that's what a lot of good leaders do, right? They they come down and they, they be vulnerable with the person with them and doing like, let's rise together mm. type of deal. I think that's, that's what we're trying to do in accomplishing our goal overcome. It's, I think the nature of man is to put yourself above, say life is great. I'm also crushing it. But in reality, we are all battling demons deep down, whether that's emotional, physical, spiritual relationships and our overall goal with this become I guess mastermind you could say or inner circle of our leadership is to try and drop all the walls down as an entire group and you've we've all heard the saying rising tides rises all ships mm. 
And, and that's our goal. And so I guess, let me ask you this, Ben. I mean, if we have a couple events coming up, our next event's going to be in February. Yeah. What are things that we can do to put that white flag on the table? I mean, we're all going to be watching this video or listening to this podcast in preparation for this event. What can we do to put the white flag on the table to drop the pride, the barriers, even myself included, to willing to be humble, be vulnerable so that we can grow together? By realizing it's not everybody's goal to do that, you'd said it's everyone's goal to rise the tide, to rise the ship, Every, you know, everything's that, or go into a town and build the biggest building, but not tearing everybody else's down. Somebody's, sometimes people's goals are to tear everybody else's houses down to be the biggest house. Sometimes it's we're rising the tide because we want ships drowned. That is such victim mentality. That is such scarcity mentality. Is it the harder way? Absolutely. Because you're not shooting holes in every other ship and be like, screw you, see, see you at the bottom. I mean, not see you at the bottom because I'm not going to the bottom, right? Yeah. It's like, everyone's not like that. So how can you get through that? Number one, be the leader and go first. Leaders go first. Leaders are trailblazers. They are. They're trailblazers. It's hard. It's not easy difficult but guess what you feel you live we're moving and you see stuff that other people don't see and so once we're vulnerable first we find out real quick who's with us right we find out real quick who's coming and those are the people who you know you can run with at first not that you can't run with more and not that it doesn't take a little bit more time. There's been so many life times in my life where I've seen the vulnerability in that leader. And I'm like, I'm not real, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. You know, not at that level to get open up. Maybe. Or I just don't want to be, or don't have the, the courage. And so I'm like, I'm going to sit back and see what happens. Let's sit back and see what happens. Oh, been there. That's the majority. Right. Oh, I've been there. And be like, what happens if Dylan Sanders out there in Colorado? What's going to happen? Ah, oh, you got a losing record. Ooh, you got a losing record. And then you're the one calling him out. Ooh, why didn't he just have the most commits in the entire country? Because people want to be around that courage. People want to be around someone who has a higher purpose. Mm, the way he talks about deity, mm, I love it. The way he has his courage, mm, I love it. The way he confronts failure and doesn't complain, and push it on other people. I love it. That's ownership. That is ownership. Right? And so I spoke recently on the same stage as Jocko Welling. He, he writes a book, Extreme Ownership. Oh, yeah. Love that book, actually. I love extreme ownership. I love ownership. I love when people put themselves out there and don't hit it. I want to see how they react. Everybody does. And there have been times in my life where they haven't done what they've said they've done. And I've been like, sucker, as I'm sitting on my couch eating my potato chips and grabbing the soda again. I'm like, sucker, you failed, sucker. And then I put my potato chips back down and I turn the channel to see the next person fail. And then in my life, I'm freaking miserable because I'm doing nothing. I'm feeling nothing. And if I'm feeling... It's all the life of everybody else. That never served me. 
and you're watching other people attempt and try things. And I'm becoming other people's fans. They're living direct free in my head. As a matter of fact, I'm paying them. I'm paying to watch their shows. I'm like, hey, I'm your biggest fan. When we put ourselves out there and all that stuff. But what do you do? You gain a little bit of strength and see how it ends. And you find your small core of people that are kind of doing the same thing. And even if they're not, they support you. Special. Special. And you really, really like feel how life is. Oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden, you feel like you're actually living your God gift. And you're actually doing what God told you to come here to do. And nobody else could do it the way you're doing it, then you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I got something. It hasn't been that long in my life that I've done. So what changed? I stopped caring as much. You know what? I stopped thinking that I was the center of everybody else's life. And it sounds psychotic because like I'm an inspirational speaker and it's like, never quit, baby, never quit. You are the most important person in the world. Well, you're not in that person's world. And so stop thinking that every single move you make is going to break someone else's world. It's not. They're so enveloped in their own life that you're not going to, like, the move you make isn't going to stop them from making their mortgage. So the once we actually take this past Sunday in service, we talked about how astronauts looked away and saw the world from a totally district, district view. And in the book, it showed a world from like such a small perspective. And we talked about how can peace on earth not be actually received in a clump on that little planet? You look at that perspective. And then you look at galaxies, you're like, oh my gosh, there might be a lot of these. Oh my gosh, aliens may be real and they might have them. And then maybe looking at our planet, like we're looking at other galaxies, being like, oh my gosh. I wonder how Bob is doing on the other planet. And realizing that we're so small that the decisions that we make are way bigger than we think than they really are. And that how significant are we if we're not making such big moves? Like we're literally such a drop. So how can you make the biggest impact on the galaxy in the world, on our neighborhood? There's only one way to live, and that's by living us in full authenticity, full integrity, and by doing everything we can to live the very biggest we can. I think, I mean, we, we build up problems to be so big. And in, in this perspective for these events, we sit back and not want to participate or be vulnerable because in our mind, we build it to be a lot bigger. I mean, there's a guy that one of my, one of my favorite mentors is Dave Edgel. And he says, you've heard, we've all heard the saying, many are called, but few are chosen. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, my whole life, I didn't really understand what that meant. Like who does the calling? Obviously that's God does the calling. You understand that part. Mm -hmm. Who does the choosing? Mm -hmm. What do you think? I love that. What do you think? That's us. That's mm -hmm. eternal. The people are choosing to do that calling, to do that service. And what I, what we hope as a company through this become, I mean, obviously leaders are called, they have to be there, but the ones that choose to be there, 
are the ones that are going to get the most out of it because they're wanting to be there. They're wanting to step out of their self in and become vulnerable, become accountable, attempt and strive. And that's the leaders that will see the most growth, in my opinion. The ones that have to be there to check the box for political reasons have to show up and they're not all in it, but the people who choose mm. are going to see the most growth. During COVID, there was a time where you went to the banks and the banks tell you they, they, they'll give you your money back. They don't give you money back. <laughs> I remember going to the Wells Fargo, one of the biggest banks in the world, and I went to go get a certain amount of money to pay my guys. I, I do construction, mm -hmm. renovate a bunch of different projects. And it was a decent amount. And I said, hey, I need to pull this out. I need to pay my guys. They have food. They have friends they need to pay. They said, oh, we can only pay you a fraction of that. I said, do you have my money? And I needed to pay humans to live. He said, no, we can't do that. I walked away, and I believe there's a gift in everything. And I said, there's such a gift in me. Imagine, because I, I literally could only get that out. So I took it out, and I said, I'm going to see how these guys react without getting paid. Who's going to show up? How will they show up? And then I and then I thought, what if the world completely shut down? No money could be offered, and everybody still went on their way. Who would keep showing up? In the book, Good to Great, it says three things. The people, it didn't say this, but I believe the people who self-select, self-choose, like yeah. you said, when yeah. you call. With the, I believe is everybody. The few are chosen. Who are those self-selecting chosen? I believe it's the people that realize that they're passionate about something and then they find themselves in that passion. Number two, and this is the biggest thing. This is where you have to put the man diaper on. How can you be the best in the world at it? When I heard that, I'm like, oh my God, I can't be the best in the world at anything. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, what I'm doing, I'm not the best in the world. So I started dissecting down that path. Right, God created me about something. Interesting. Nobody else can be me. But yet in that moment, as I was thinking that, reading that book, I sat back. I'm like, well, then why am I pretending to be Bobby version 2.0? Why am I pretending to be... The OGs in the knocking door industry version 2.0. Why are we pretending to be somebody else and knock like them or act like them and not that we can't emulate some characteristics, but we're still different. We're way different. And when we're on the doorstep and we're trying to fake being someone else, they see through it and they don't want to buy from that because they don't trust you. And when they don't trust you, it doesn't matter what product you have. We buy, we buy a crappier product from McDonald's because we trust them. They're going to give us what we ask for. It may not be the best, but we just trust that it's going to come consistent, right? And then lastly, this is the magic. This is where the magic happens because this allows us to do it full time. We're passionate about it. We can become or on the path of becoming the best in the world at it. We're literally, this is where attempting is magic. We arrive at something we're passionate about. This is where the triple A's fits in. We attempt to be the best in the world at it. Imagine coming together in your company, in any industry, and saying, guys, come around the table. How can we be the best in the world? The discussion changes. 
right? That, hey, how can we make the most amount of money? Or we become the best in the world. How do we become the best in the world? Boom. We create the most incredible leaders, the most incredible humans. You will literally get millionaires coming to you if they can become the most, because then at that point, they realize, even billionaire, they realize that the check didn't give them what they expected. Todd Peterson, he was speaking, and he said this, he's like, uh, it was the last, last question of the room, and they said, all right, last question, Todd, what do you say? And those of you guys who don't know Todd is, he's an absolute legend in the door-to-door -door space. And uh, one of the owners still of them, that he said, I realize that doing it for money first never, ever served me. I already knew I lost. Because I remember getting that check and knowing it wasn't fulfilled. And then going back, yeah, it is powerful when I heard that from someone who has actually gone down that path and then been on the phone with billionaires and hear that they weren't fulfilled after getting those sales like they thought they were. I'm like, oh Because I've been on that path. I've chased after success, monetary success. And then I sat depressed. Not that it doesn't give you stuff. Money is so powerful and it's so beautiful when it's under the right intention. But going back, when you are passionate about something, when you go down the path of choosing to be the best in the world at it, this is the magical part. You are paid handsomely enough to where you can do those first things full time and never want. And when you can do something and never want financially, but also emotionally. That's the difference. When you're doing something that you never want emotionally because you're so fulfilled, because you're living your true self, that's interesting. That's when you get people that don't leave because they're like, I don't leave them. There's a, comp there's a program <clears throat> at the college level in wrestling. I'm a wrestler. If you don't know that about my big cauliflower ears, my wife calls them muscle ears. <laughs> there's a program of wrestling. And in the sports world, there's something that's changed the game recently. It's called name image likeness, NIL, <clears throat> where college athletes are literally paid. Compensated. Dude, money moves a lot of people. There's many programs where athletes are going for some raising funding for a higher pay because they're like, money can't give me what I'm getting here. I'm literally giving, getting a life-changing experience. And that will come in the future. That money will come in the future. We all need money in life, right? Yeah. That money will come in the future when I actually invest in the midst. And this place is giving me that. Again, going back to what's the illusion? They're like, the illusion I came for was wrestling. I'm staying because what I've learned way behind wrestling. And bro, that changed me. Once I learned that, that changed me. 
And I realized, because I ran a wrestling program for many years, I realized once Tommy came in the door, I'm like, Tommy, did your mom pay you this month? He's seven. And schmuck me. Tommy, did your mom pay this month? No, I didn't leave. That's when I felt like I needed to stop because I was in it for the wrong reason. And then I changed. And I'm like, what am I doing? I am bringing him in the door because he thinks he's coming to wrestling. He's leaving the door, becoming a champion for life, a true victor. That's what changed me. And it changed you, but I just, from hearing you talk, it's changed your passion, changed your fire because you have a, it, you have that true definition now of what your purpose is, what your value is. And that's our whole purpose behind Become. Our whole purpose is guys come in the door at Hawks because it's a door-to-door -door opportunity. It's an opportunity to go make financial gain, financial money, right? But we want them to stay because they see their overall goal. Mm -hmm. They see the goal of becoming better, wealth, wellness, and character. And if Titus in all fold circles, we are a vehicle for them to become better fathers, better husbands, better businessmen, better entrepreneurs, better service in their community and their church, and a byproduct of be developing better leaders is just the byproduct of you now. You have a different fire and a different, I guess, motivation to run a successful wrestling program, better coach. Ooh. We want to have better leaders. Ooh. And they're going to get the training and recruiting and sales already. But if we can help them become better people first, they're a father first. They're a brother first. We can help them become better in those ways. I think success is the byproduct. And so Ben, uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Definitely not the last time we'll hear from you. And I appreciate your time and the nuggets you have been, I guess, until next time.